Welcome to another episode of Ship SAS Faster, where me and Vulcan talk about shop. Talk shop. <laughs> Haven't quite got down the intro. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Yeah, not too bad. A little bit of time this week getting stuff organized around the show. So I got an editor hired, someone I used before. The website is set up and running on Transistor. So hopefully the first episode, which has been edited and you've listened to, I haven't listened to it yet, should go and be published soon. I guess I could ask you what your feedback of the first episode was. Yeah, well, it was, it was nice. Uh, you just sending me all these updates like, uh, here's uh, the Transistor account. Here's the podcast edited. Here's the website. <laughs> I just sit back and watch it all come through. But then that's all right. I'm going to delegate you some roles. <laughs> I think you've got it all organized because you set up the other podcast where you've had podcasts before. Yeah. So you know what you're doing. But yeah, in terms of the podcast, it was pretty good. I think I could speak a little slower. Apart from that, I thought it was pretty good. Like I forgot a bunch of stuff we talked about, so it was a nice reminder of uh, uh, everything. Did you listen to it for a podcast player at like two times speed? I was listening to it on my phone at about 1.5, and then once I put headphones in, I could boost up to two. But I don't think I could get any faster yeah. than two because, yeah, just how fast I talk. That's funny. I was listening to some... So I listened to podcasts, obviously, loads of podcasts. And then for some reason, I decided to listen to some on a different device, and it was set to like one speed. And it's so weird how like intro music, you got so used to it being played at like double speed. And I'm like, what is this song? <laughs> it's just normal speed music. I just find them so slow at one. I just can't stay focused. I think I have like ADHD. I haven't had, been tested, but I just lose focus. Like The faster it goes, the more focus I can get. I have it cranked up just so I can get like a bit more in my small car journeys done. And then I get like a little upset when I've gone through all the podcasts and got nothing less left to listen to. I've still got like a hundred episodes of um, stuff that I've just downloaded that I've still got to listen to. So, oh, okay. Yeah, I kind of rank them or whatever. I go through the list every time I'm in the car and I'm like, okay, push that to the front. So I've got like possibly like a quite a lot of like half started podcasts or they're in my feed, but I'm not something I listen to regularly. I have to finish them. I, I like, yeah, I have this mentality. If I've got something to, on my to-do list, I just got to get it done. <laughs> Fair enough. Podcasts are apparently my to-do list. So. Yeah. Cool. So what's been happening with Vasoli this week? Um, so I've been updating, um, what is it like, the structure of my repos. So basically I, had, I think I had like three repos. So I had like the front end, the back end, and then I had uh, something for um, basically like the SSL and stuff. So I've just combined them all into one repo. So they all share. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're all in one, yeah. which is kind of new. Like when I first started coding, well, when I first started moving to JavaScript, it was everyone was microservices, this microservices, that. And then I think people kind of like got um, disheartened from them and people just found out it wasn't the best workflow so now everyone's moving to these mono repos and there's a, all types of companies being started on it. That's what I've been doing. Yeah. We run like a mono repo, except it really it does irritate my developer. We moved the front end out just this week, but like I like having all the code in one repo, even if you have like loads of different project folders in there, just around deployment. It's so much easier <laughs> when you do like a, a change to like two services and it has to be quite a synchronous deployment. Just easier to have it all in two places instead of like code review here, code review there. <laughs> yeah, I wish I knew, thought about this before, but yeah, because I had a co-founder before. It was like he did all the back end, I did all the front end kind of thing. So it was like he would, just, he would just make the updates, and then as long as there's no breaking changes, then he can just update whenever he wants, and I can update whenever I want, and that kind of worked. But then yeah, as I, I took on the role of back end and front end, it was like keeping everything in sync, and I have like code that was shared on the front end and the back end, so it's just like. I have to update manually twice two places and stuff, and it was just getting a bit silly. Fair enough. What else have you been on? 
We can go one. I can go in, and you can go. So, what, what have you been doing? Oh, okay, cool. Uh, yeah. So this week at Snapshooter, I've been continuing working on our marketing website that I hope to release this week in a couple of days. So it's finally coming to a close. <laughs> See, I'm, sure, I'm sure there's some issues to iron out, but at this point, I'm happy enough to actually push it live and um, iron out issues in production. <laughs> it's been it's been going on for so long now, and I've been pretty disappointed by contractors so it's good to get it done so i think you were doing a hrefs test weren't you you're still doing those um in like staging environments yeah so yeah yeah so i got yeah a refs doing like web performance crawl or whatever they call it where they go through and check whether you got the right alt tanks and title length and stuff like that so yeah that's up to a hundred and i don't have any issues it's pretty cool really it tells you like whether you got orphaned pages or like pages with only one link so, like, that was blog posts last week, so I managed to change some of the structure around that. Yeah, so that's up to 100. The light speed. Is it light speed in Google Chrome? Page speed. Lighthouse, is it? I don't know. Yeah, that's up to 100 now on mobile and desktop. Is that with marketing stuff like uh, analytics and chat widgets and stuff or it? That's with the analytics. I haven't actually added the chat widget, and I'm debating not adding the chat widget. Um because there's no live chat, so you just have to contact support. So I'm not sure if I'm going to put it on there. Or if I do, I'll put it on like a little delay. <laughs> so it doesn't load the JavaScript in for like five seconds. Well, that's what that's what I do on Vasoli for uh, the customers. There's like a delay option that they can pick. Because, yeah, stuff like Intercom, if you use that, it's like your page speed can go from 100 to 40. <laughs> so you're literally just losing customers because you've got Intercom on your website. And then no one tells you this. Yeah, we're using Help Scout. I also want to be a bit clever around the way I did it. So last time I had it like as blankets on every page, but um, we have like resource tutorial area, which is kind of like general Linux guides, how to set up Apache or Nginx and stuff like that. And we had the help desk on there. And then you get people asking like questions around that article. And it's like, it's not really a support or sales question. It's like, a, like maybe you'd be, do better in Discord or a community forum or something. So Maybe you could point it to your Discord, right? Because I think you, you were trying to grow a Discord at one point. So maybe you could have on there, like, it's stuck with anything, go to Discord. That's super interesting because yeah. I'm thinking about doing that as well. And that just gave me a great idea of just uh, instead of having it like, yeah, your live chat, you could have go join the Discord and then people could go in there. And that should, in theory, make it a bit more lively. Yeah, it's always been the plan if we get like, because we have a free tier, if things got too big, we'd push people more towards Discord if they're on the free plan. So at the moment, the Discord is like, it includes free users, but it's like users of the platform get invited and it's growing, but like there's not really much activity, but it might be interesting to add anyone, anyone who's interested in joining and then potentially maybe that's a source of community to build from. Because the, the thing I've seen yeah. in uh, Discords is you need uh, people come in all the time. And it's like you have like moderators and like, active active users who love helping people, and then they kind of like keep active, but they're, they're not they're not willing to post. They don't really post anything. So if someone posts about help, they will come in. But if no one's posting anything, then they won't really post. So you need like two two types of people in there. I think it'd be an interesting idea. I'll add that to the list <laughs> <laughs> when I listen to this show in like three weeks' time. I'll be like, ah. <laughs> I never executed on that, so yeah. Well, it's only if Discord's a priority for you. If it's not, then it doesn't really matter. But some people seem to be doing so, some success with it. Yeah, it's been all right. It's been good for like, recently I had like a list of things I wanted to add, features. And it was good just to put it to like people in Discord and get a bit of feedback. And they suggested something that I didn't even have on the radar. So 
they all pushed that the API was more important to them than some other things. So we pushed that to the top of the queue. And now people are building really crazy stuff on the API that I hadn't even thought of. So I guess I guess it was a good thing just to ask customers instead of doing it. So have you launched the API? We've launched it to people who ask, when the marketing site launches this week, it will have all of the documentation for the API there as part of like as part of the marketing site as well. So um I guess really that becomes the public launch. <laughs> I think we're calling it early access at the moment. So there's no like real guarantee that it won't it will be a consistent endpoint as such, like subject to change. Yeah, because I can't remember you launching it. So I was like, I didn't even know people were, I didn't even know you, you built it and I didn't even know people were using it. So no, we got a couple of people who've used it who were like a couple of big customers who came to us and wanted something. So we've been like testing with them. So they don't seem to have any issues and they seem to be doing odd things with it, which is good. <laughs> as long as they're using it, it'd be worse if they, no one was using it. Like they asked for it and then they don't use it. That'd be terrible. Yeah, that would be terrible. Yeah. I'm waiting for the day someone builds a backup platform on top of our backup platform. So I'm quite excited for that. <laughs> yeah. Cool. What else have you been working on? There's a bunch of developers I'm talking with, like freelancers kind of thing, but I really want to like partner with uh, someone to like, I've seen these like Webflow or um, I'm sure you've seen the design ones, right? Where it's like unlimited design for a fixed monthly cost uh, subscription. And now these Webflow ones are popping up. Oh yeah. So I'm thinking like, is there a facility one? Because you were talking about your marketing site and your, the like contractors being unreliable and such. Like, imagine if you could just sign up for say a month to one of these services, and you just literally say, "Here's a bunch of things that I need doing," and they'll just go in and start doing them. And I feel like you're more likely to get results there because you like actually giving them tasks and breaking up instead of just saying to a freelancer or a contractor, "Like, go build it all." I feel like you actually get results. Yeah. Well, it seems to be doing really well in the webflow space. People like um, I've seen posts like one guy got to 10k MMR in 30 days just by <laughs> setting up one of these. As in, so do they do from scratch or do they come in and just like, oh, you need a bit of design? I think they can do both, but it's like more for like, let's say you brought a template on Webflow or yeah, you brought a template mm-hmm. and then you want to say, okay, I need this done, this done, this done. Like I need a pricing page. Um, I like this one. Can you copy that basically? Okay. Interesting. So you're part, you want to partner with those kind of developers for? Well, yeah. So there's a bunch of like Tailwind freelancers and stuff, but they're all like, um, most of them have got like jobs and they're doing it on the side. It's, it's like Tailwind ecosystem isn't that developed yet in terms of like, yeah, it just isn't as developed as other markets. Can I help people like who people love Tailwind and then help them get into it? And then in theory, like, like Webflow is growing based on this. Like they grew quite fast due to their freelancers. So I'm thinking, is there a way that I can get people to grow on Vasoli as well and help, help each other? Because one of our biggest uh, feedback is from customers is uh, they need freelancers, right? Like, if, like yourself, it's like, you're not going to go in and build it you're not going to build it all and design it like you've got like you've got that was going to be my next question do you have many customers like literally asking for you to come in yeah so we had a done for you section but it just drains my energy like uh, doing any of that sort of stuff so I, I think I did a few of those projects in the early days but then I just stopped doing it because mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah services are really a different type of business and I just want to focus on SaaS I did think about doing something like that ourselves like having a kind of like an approved contractors area on Snapshooter for people who like to DevOps or like come and set your backups and stuff slash do other server work for you. So we don't, <laughs> we don't have to do it for you. <laughs> but that idea is still like very, like on the back burner. What's the, what's the guy you said, Hostify, he, he started doing that, right? So I think he hit like a million ARR and now he's starting to add services, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's doing really well. I think the last time I talked to him about it, he said that the issue was... Um, 
because it's under the same brand that people sometimes get confused when they look at the pricing page and it's like, get completely set up for X amount of dollars. And it's getting, just like getting confused with their SaaS offering. But he did say that to me a while ago. So I don't really, I haven't really followed it <laughs> more recently to know whether they did solve it or not. But yeah, that was just one, one thing that like he said it was a negative, but I think it was doing quite well. Yeah. I think once you've got the traction, it's like a, it can be a attractive path, but it's just like, it just gives me headaches doing no client work. So for the people, people get energized by it and power to them, but it just doesn't energize me anymore. I don't want to get into server management. No. <laughs> no, I just have a contractor section. You just can bug other people to come and do their, do your server work. Yeah. Cause sometimes you have people and they're like trying to debug stuff and there's like the issue is on their server, but like. We don't have the time, the resources, or like, I guess the liability <laughs> to to go on and uh, mess around on their server to work out why, like, they've got performance issues and stuff. So well, that's where it makes sense. And I don't even plan on like charging. Like, uh, I've seen some people like talk about affiliate stuff, and this is like, I just want to grow the ecosystem kind of thing. So, so I'll just send them clients their way. But yeah. yeah, that was my thinking. I was going to say to them, like, if you bring clients on, we'll give you. Oh, so I was thinking of referral income. So like if you bring a client on board, we'll give you like 20% of their revenue, but like you manage their support. Yeah. <laughs> like if it's platform support, obviously we'll do it. But if it's their their side, it's like, we, we, if you bring them on commission, it's, it's your problem. <laughs> but yeah, that's fine as well. But I was talking more like, so let's say someone's got like a $2,000 subscription. People were talking like 10, 10, 20%, but it's like, it doesn't really matter to me. Like if they can bring me a customer and then as you said, like I'd, I'd happily give them an, uh, what's it called? Like yeah, affiliate or referral fee as well. <laughs> just to, so they can manage the support requests. And then I just literally they come in, bring customers and then no added support. It's just perfect. Yeah. 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 I guess so. Ah, cool. I guess don't bad mouth them too much. We've had a, a rocky week with the DigitalOcean API throwing an increased number of errors, which has been a little, I guess the right word is awkward. <laughs> so some customers we have who are like power users who do, I'd, I'd say maybe like more than, they have more than 20 droplets. They do backups on daily. Kind of been getting a lot of errors with their backups failing. And it's a bit awkward because it's like, it's not our fault. <laughs> it's uh, DigitalOcean's API errors that we're like presenting back to customers. Like we got an error saying server, you know. Do you send them an email to, for that? If a backup fails, yeah, and then we send them the exception or the like the reason why it failed. And this week we've had a lot of like unknown errors oh. <laughs> from DigitalOcean, so it's a little awkward to explain to people. But like we're just passing you on the error, and like if you try the backup again, it should work. But like they're kind of out of our hands. So we had quite a big customer who I had to give a refund because <laughs> they weren't they weren't happy with like the number of failures they're having and they're having to pay someone to come and do backups by hand so i just gave them a refund for the month but it's it's not really our fault <laughs> so, so what's digital version saying like... they came back today so it's been a few days i think it started maybe on friday they come back saying they changed some stuff on their side and it's all fixed now so it does seem to be fixed we're keeping an eye on it so they shipped on Friday and uh, bro- broke everything. No, nah, it was <laughs> early in the week than that. Things started to go wrong a little earlier, but like came to a head on like Thursday, Friday. So oh. technically Thursday because uh, like most backups happen at midnight UTC. So Friday morning was interesting. Um, <laughs> wake up to a lot of, a lot of failed backups. 
I'd say a lot more, not like a lot of failed backups because we do quite a lot of backups a day, but um, just a higher percentage than normal. So yeah, and not really much we can do. <laughs> yeah, this is you're just um, beholden to the platform, basically. Yeah, well, exactly. And then I sit there worrying, like, do I rely on digitalization too much? <laughs> yeah, this is why I built a whole different backup system, like, in a couple of years ago, to try and like make sure that we're not just wholly relying on digitalization. Also to grow the business, but yeah, spread that risk. <laughs> so, but it's big customer only using DigitalOcean and snapshots because I know you can take uh, backups to multiple services, right? Yeah, they were. Yeah, so oh, okay. yeah, a lot of people just do DigitalOcean. A lot of people do both. A lot of people just do our solution. So we've got like a, a mixture now. Still, like the biggest growing area of our business is not the snapshots. It's like our own backups. But so that's good. They're still well, well, <laughs> well behind the numbers we do for digitalization. So, I did the number today. We do fifteen percent of all backups on digitalization are done via Snapsheeter. How do you calculate that? Or is that that's a trade secret? Trade secret, <laughs> secret source. Yeah, I know. I know. Okay. That's fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So, um, you've also written down that you're waiting on a Stripe beta for the price changing. I have no idea what this beta is. So. Yeah, so Stripe, so I'm sure you've seen like the customer portal and a checkout, right? So I've been talking to guys at Stripe and one of like, uh, they're talking about adding like quantities and stuff. So literally at the moment, it, the checkout's kind of fixed, especially for subscriptions and stuff. Uh, but like, I want to change my pricing from these like per package, like so for $19 you get one site, for $49 you get three sites. Because customers will contact me asking like, I want two sites. And I'll go like, okay, let's figure out a discount kind of thing and do that. And now I've got this like, legacy kind of thing in there that I've got to go in and change stuff so it should make it really simple but I've been waiting for like a month just to get access to it and they've been like I don't know very slow um, everyone else has been hyping up the stripes like there's tons of features in beta but yeah I'm just being unlucky I guess um, but it will save me a ton of code because otherwise I'd have to go in there and write hundreds of lines of code that then has to be like removed and then changed to checkout again um, interesting I was going to say yeah okay I get it now I was going to say we don't use the stripe checkout so when you were saying about quantities, I was like, it's easy enough, but <laughs> I guess if you're all on there, yeah. Well, I, I removed like hundreds of lines of code um, and then like SCA and all of this stuff was just uh, automatically built into checkout on custom portal and stuff. So like, anything that they add is just automatically gets added to the checkout So and then the customer portal. That's quite cool. And invoices as well. So like uh, I had a feature for invoices <laughs> and then so you've got a, and I just removed that and now you can just go into a customer portal and re- see all your invoices. Oh, I'm too well, well too far down the line of them. Um, rip it out and get started. Rip it out and get into the customer pool. Oh, no. Now we've got all the custom invoices and all sorts of like VAT reporting and stuff that we do ourselves. And oh. <laughs> Maybe one day I'll swap. But yeah. And we do metered billing and yeah, I don't think they handle I don't think a uh, customer portal handles metered billing. There, there is on the roadmap. Um, but yeah, like, they have a lot of stuff on the roadmap, but we'll see how fast they ship it. Yeah. And hopefully they don't break anything. <laughs> but they don't. They're normally pretty good, right? Like, I think their API is known for being, like, quite reliable. And it has to be, right? It's payment, so. Cool. I've been particularly unlucky with Stripe bugs. <laughs> really? I think you've tested. You've, you've built a bunch of products and done a ton, a ton of stuff on it, though. Like, I'm just using the basic use cases. I think I've covered my other two points about... It was a big feature the API? I guess I don't want to talk about the next big features yet. <laughs> Maybe more there in the planning stage. I mean, just okay, fair enough. Yeah, but I'm not quite ready to like. Uh, yeah, not with um, 
the competitors who are listening. If you're listening, go away. <laughs> we've got two listeners, my mum and my sister, and maybe your wife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Don't we? <laughs> we haven't posted it anywhere, so no one's... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's my... It's actually your secretly your sister is building a clone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she can't go, so you should be all right. Oh, okay. I see. So I'm trying to plan out because it's like we got to the end of this project and coming into the summer. So I'm trying to think of some stuff for the uh, for my developer to work on as the summer is a bit flaky for me with work and childcare. So and my focus on over the summer is going to be getting the content system and stuff and writers working seamlessly. So I didn't spend all this time putting a CMS in place for it never to be. <laughs> Never to be used. So uh yeah, that's my focus. So I'm trying to think of some some sort of bigger meteor projects for the rest of the team to work on. What else have you got? Well, I obviously done this week. You've got two more points on here. You've had a busy week. Is, yeah, I uh, yeah, so I'm working on like um a lot of customers don't know all the features we've got. Like one of the features is like we have like these like a CMS, but it's a bit more powerful than a CMS. I call it like smart CMS because we have like you literally go in one click and you get like blogs, knowledge base, change logs, uh, careers and stuff. Oh, yeah. So in other CMSs, normally you have to build it yourself, right? And then there's a lot of questioning. Mm-hmm. So we've got that, but no one really knows about it. So it's just uh, showcasing that and showcasing the templates we already have for that. That's what I've been trying to work on. Um, but that requires a bit of reworking in some of the places because I kind of want a dynamic. Maybe I'm overbuilding it at the start, but I think for some of the future plans, like I want to build like a template marketplace and stuff. So with the ability to just hook all this in, it's just like someone builds a template, it gets hooked in and then they're, they're shown and people can like buy it inside of the um, showcase thing. Doesn't you're looking to build like soon or? Build what, sorry? Are you looking to do the showcase soon? Yeah, uh, that's not going to be done ASAP. It's just like a, similar to the partnerships, right? It's, it's difficult to find people who are um, brought into the vision. Like there's a few people creating Tailwind templates, but they're all like part-time kind of thing and they're not taking it like as seriously as it. It should be. I feel like there's a huge opportunity, but no one's taking it serious. Um, like the Tailwind UI guys, they're taking it kind of serious and they're making like millions a year. But there's so many opportunities in the Tailwind space that no one's taking advantage of. Mm-hmm. I even created a blog post about all the ideas, but no, no one's t- taking me up on them. If I had more time, I'd build them myself. But... And then I, feel, I got one last point. Um, all right. So yeah, it's basically just struggling to do marketing, right? Like, I'm not sure how you did it in the early days, but it's like, you've got your product and then you, there's ways to improve it and you're like, okay, well, this might help get another customer and then you've got marketing to do, right? And I think, even now, I think also that's found a struggle with this, like, do you do how much product and how much marketing do you do? And when do you turn it on? I think we had this debate in the uh, UK SaaS Discord around, like, product market fit and stuff and, like, how none of us feel like we're there and thus marketing <laughs> gets, like, pushed back when you've got so many features to do. So I don't really know. Like, yeah, I've obviously always focused more on the product and doing stuff, which is bad because when I look back over the years, there's plenty of features I've put in that no one's ever used. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. It's all going to change this summer. It'll be the summer of marketing. <laughs> and probably the probably the worst time to do marketing for me, business-wise, is over the summer because things do slow down. Customer acquisition slows down for me generally over the summer. So. Well, at least you'll have everything in place ready to go. That's true, yeah. Yeah, like SEO stuff is like long time horizon or whatever on rewards. So, yeah, I'd be interested because when, <laughs> going circling back, like when I started the new marketing website, I stopped publishing on the old website as like the content was moved over and stuff. So you've had like a really big lull in new posts. But 
the editor has still been, or the writer has still been writing. So I think I've got a launch of like maybe 30 <laughs> new tutorials and articles and stuff. So it'll be interesting to see what happens when uh, one, Google re-indexes our website with a slightly different structure, and two, when uh, we present like 30 more articles <laughs> and guides and stuff. So, Have you cleaned up any of your old content? Like I've, I've seen SEO experts talk about cleaning up old content and stuff and help, helping us. This was the problem. We didn't have a proper CMS in place, so that process was not smooth. Before, it was like a static site generator, or it was like... It was generated from files, so the writer would write a markdown file and that would become the post, which was easy enough to code, but not very good for editors and stuff. So I'm now looking at like an editor to come in and some people more focused on keywords. Because we've written some articles in the past that have got like loads of traffic and they're degraded, and then competition have written identical articles, and those articles are doing much better now than ours by like orders of magnitude. So we definitely need to like refresh the content and update it and get it more geared towards what people are actually looking for. So that's a, like another one. <laughs> summer job <laughs> trying to find someone to, cause I don't want to, I don't want to go into AREFs myself and be like, Oh, you need to like focus on these keywords. And like, this is where the competitors going. And like, this is places where we need to be like cross posting and stuff. I just want a bit more hands off. Interesting. In January, I tried to hire a content firm to do it but they provided a writer who had, well, just, it turns out in the end, no experience with Linux, even though they said they did. And it was just, it was just not going to work. So trying to find someone who's technical and also can do this role is, has been difficult. Yeah, I can see that. Like, technical people can earn a lot of money, so you have to find someone who's technical and writes yeah. so it's even more. And then... I have a writer who can write very technical articles, not very good blog post articles for very technical articles, but then not great at editing. So we'd find someone else, maybe less technical to do the editing. Okay, yeah, that's fair enough. I think we can save the topic for next week. Yeah. You know, I like short podcasts as well. Like 30, 35 minutes for me is like uh, really nice because you can just see it get through them. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, um, until next week, I'll uh, catch you later. All right.